Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so quick show of hands. How many of you have looked at uh, cat photos or shared cat photos online? Or how about dog photos, dog pictures, dancing babies? Yeah. Or not. Um, but those, those images actually can have, uh, there's a building block specific engagement. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, ah, wrong slides. Okay, well, I'll start with these. Um, so, um, so 2011, um, uh, to, just a few months ago in uh, Shanghai, there are a number of uh, um, there are a number of dead pigs found in the water. Um, ten, thousands and thousands of dead pigs. You can imagine this this image in your head um, of uh, you know just, just a major environmental disaster. And if you think about the, you know, the realities in China, this kind of story would have been censored. It might have been uh, might have been blocked online um, if you tried to talk about it um, because of the very heavy internet censorship. But this is uh, the internet age, um, and people like to share pictures of weird animals. And of course, uh, you know, if you think about this image, it's pigs. So what did people start sharing? Um, started sharing of pictures of pigs coming out of the water, um, bursting out of the water. Um, and uh, Life of Pi was one of the most popular movies at the time in China, so they changed it to the story of Life of Pig. Um, and uh, there's a popular Tumblr blog of Kim Jong-un, um, the current dictator of North Korea, looking at things. And so they, they photoshopped him in, looking at these pigs, looking at these uh, creatures in the water. And when you, when you think about, you know, the, the chances that you'll be sharing an image of disgusting, like, um, environmental disasters versus these cute images, what's more likely to be shared, especially by a younger generation? And what's more likely to provoke a conversation, promote, provoke a... Uh, um, a different way of talking about what's happening um, in, in China. And so what, we're, you know, what, what we're starting to notice um, in my work is that the visual vernacular of the internet is quickly becoming a vehicle for political expression. These are, you know, I'm sure you've all seen images like this, of cats and dogs and uh, you know, these, these weird animals talking. And when you think about it, what goes faster and more viral on the internet than a crazy animal, right? Um, so recently, how many of you have been following the protests in Turkey in Gezi Park? Now, um, now I was speaking with a researcher, Arda Ebekolyu, um, um, who's a researcher in Bogazici, uh, Turkey. Um, and he, he was looking at some of the memes that were popping up over there. And if you, if you looked at some of the, um, if you were watching some of the, the height of the protests in, in the United States or um, outside, you would have seen um, you know, a lot of images of police brutality. But according to, um, according to Arda, if you watched um, the protests from CNN Turks, the local channel, you might have been watching a Penguin documentary. And so um, a lot of um, people in Turkey, the netizens, they actually um, started remixing these images um, of penguins into images of police brutality. And if you, if you go onto YouTube and you watch these videos, I mean, there's an amazing video of a penguin documentary, that same penguin documentary that's being aired, um, with audio of the protests being overlaid on top, picture depicting the penguins as uh, the protesters being attacked by moose. In the United States, you have images like Class War Kitta, um, or cats. Cats are becoming a point of discussion for capitalism and, and book censorship. And, um, and so, um, you know, those creative acts, those acts of creativity and, um, and social engagement actually can take a new type of political form when they're actually placed online. How many of you have taken a picture of yourself and posted it online? Right, pretty much, some more people than who share cat photos. That's great. So, <laughs> So that's a selfie, right? That's a picture of ourselves, like posting our, a picture of ourselves online. And I'm, you know, I'm sure we've all thought about why we do this. What's the point? Um, but it can also have a very surprising political engagement. Um, recently in China, 
um, that, no, two years ago in China, actually. It's been a little while now. Um, I saw lots of people, posters, pictures of people posting pictures of themselves wearing sunglasses. And um, it looks okay. I'm sure we've all posted pictures of ourselves wearing sunglasses. But as I started poking around and like asking, like, what, what are people doing? What's, what, why are they doing this? I realized that um, this was actually a coded symbol. Um, how many of you heard of Cheng Guangcheng? Chen Guangcheng is a blind activist lawyer who was engaging in human rights work, um, and he was placed in prison for four years. After he was released, he was held in illegal detention um, in his own home with his family. And because he's blind, he's, he's very well known for his sunglasses. And so people were posting pictures of themselves as a show of support for Chen Guangcheng and this very uh, coded message that, um, that um, looked like a selfie to any outsider, but to people, like, um, to people who were more in the know became a way of rallying the community. And this wasn't limited to just China um, in, in places like uh, in Turkey. Um, another meme that popped up was the Standing Man meme, the Duran Adam meme. And people were posting pictures of themselves from behind, um, taking a picture. It's a form of selfie in which they were, um, it was an act of protest, against, again, against the government. And what was brilliant about that meme is that you could actually um, post a picture um, of other people. People were post, could post a picture of the police from behind and say they were participating in the protest. It was a very simple action that, people could, that anyone could participate in change um, and reinterpret for themselves. Um, and then um, you might be familiar with the million hoodies meme in the, in the United States, um, where people were wearing hoodies as a show of support for Trayvon Martin, a young African-American man who was shot and killed in Central Florida. People would post pictures of themselves wearing hoodies, um, again, as selfies. And it became an act of protest. It became an act of recontextualizing the image of a young person in a hoodie. And so remix culture is, um, you know, this meme culture, this remix culture, is, it's a way to take control of the narrative. And I think that's actually the bigger picture here, is that, okay, we're having fun with media, but media tells a story. Media control, you know, those who control the media control the story, they control the environment. And, and, in, and by creating this narrative, we're not just offering a critique, we're showing another way. And I think that's what, one of the more interesting things here. So before I explain this text message, I want you to just think about um, Uganda, um, or think about any, any country in sub-Saharan Africa, and think about your images of Uganda, think about the narratives that were being sold about, um, about a, um, a country in sub-Saharan Africa. Now, um, during the, the um, you know, when, when Spain was um, asking for a, a bank bailout from the Eurozone, um, the Prime Minister, Mariano Rajoy, sent a text message to his, to his finance minister. He said, we're the number four power in Europe. Spain is not Uganda. It was supposed to be a way of reassuring, um, you know, reassuring the country that, uh, reassuring his minister that, um, that Spain is, is doing well, right? We're comparing Spain to Uganda. Now, in the past, a, a comment like this would have... Um, would have come and gone without any, um, without any chance for response or critique from Uganda. Um, but instead, Ugandans actually started a hashtag joke. Um, Uganda is not Spain. Um, so, Uganda is not Spain. What is wrong with that guy? You may have an economy 100 times ours, but we don't have any bank to bail out. Uganda is not Spain. Our debt to GDP is a much more healthy 16%. You call Uganda a banana republic, but truth is, Uganda is not the one which will end up kicked out of the Eurozone. And obviously, it's very tongue-in-cheek humor, but it actually shifted the narrative. It changed the way people were talking about Uganda for very briefly. Um, BBC started a discussion, Spain is not Uganda. Let's discuss this. Let's look at the facts. What is the difference between Spain and Uganda? Forbes magazine actually talked about this issue of debt-to-GDP ratio. And foreign policy had Jackie Batanda, who's a, a prominent Ugandan journalist, to actually write for the magazine and comment on what was happening. 
Now, if you um, if you Google um, now, if you Google uh, Uganda is um, some of the, the top three results are Uganda is beautiful, Uganda is not Spain, and uh, Uganda is uh, is known for, and then it's a dot dot dot. Um, and then I recently, um, this, this slide went missing here, but um, I recently I was checking out what, what it says for Sweden. Um, and um, one, of the, one of the results was uh, Sweden is doomed. Um, and I, and I, I heard, I just, I just found out today that that was actually because of, um, because of foreign perceptions of Sweden and it made me think, oh, maybe we need to start a meme um, to, to shift the Google results for Sweden the same way that Ugandans have. So... What are we doing this? You know, what, why are we why are we engaging in this kind of meme culture and this, this creativity? And how many of you remember this meme, the the marriage equality meme in the United States? This was um, so. This these are all remixes of the marriage equality logo that was uh, pushed out by the human rights campaign during the height of the marriage equality debates um, at the, um, in the United States when um, the Supreme Court was um, was hearing the case um, for um, for basically allowing for gay marriage. And um, unlike um, previous gay marriage symbols like the rainbow flag, or the pink triangle, people would actually post this image and remix it. So you see that people would take an equal equal sign, a red equal sign and turn it into their own interpretations. Um, and this actually matters. The act of changing it and remixing it, because what is a remix? When you remix a song, you're remixing the song into your own image. You're injecting a bit of yourself and your own values into the image and not just copying and pasting it. You're actually creating a story of your own. So people ask me, will memes change the world? Um, yeah, well, was this is going to bring down governments? Is going, this going to uh, bring bring about uh, equality for um, for most marginalized peoples? Um, and uh, no, I, it, the the act of sharing the meme is um, if you ask if you look at the big picture, you're asking the wrong question because sharing a meme doesn't doesn't really like doesn't bring about world change. It doesn't doesn't bring about um, it doesn't end a dictatorship. It doesn't end internet censorship. In fact, in a lot of these places, the situation is um, is getting worse. But we're asking the wrong question. We're asking we're focusing on these memes as big viral content. But instead, I'm asking as a cultural researcher, as an art critic, as a designer. I'm asking, how can we reframe memes as individual acts, as acts by a community, as um, something that art and visual culture have always done? And so I think about a quote by Maya Angelou, who's a, um, who's a writer and activist in the United States. And she said recently that she realized that people aren't born with courage. You know, courage is like a muscle. It's something that, um, you know, you, go, you don't go around lifting 100-pound bags um, all of a sudden. You build courage through small acts, through tiny acts, through tiny actions. And we, so we very much want to celebrate those people who can stand up in front of the tanks, who can, um, who can stand up to the, pro to, um, to the police and um, can engage in these very brave actions, and rightly so. But we forget about those little moments, those little tiny times when they learn to um, Photoshop in a penguin into those protests when they, um, when they learn to speak out, perhaps for the very first time. And so that's my approach here, is that um, instead of data analysis, um, instead of looking at memes as data objects, um, and I think that's actually a very important thing that we need to do, but to complement that with cultural analysis is to look at these images and say, why did people do this? What does it mean for that individual? What did it mean for their context? What did it mean to create that image and that language, those puns? What did it mean for them and for their community? And so what does, you know, when I look at these, what I see, because I interview a lot of meme makers and because I, I visit a lot of these contexts, I've been to most of the countries I've talked about here, 
is that these are the voices of some of the most voiceless in the world. These are, these are very um, basic images. These are the beginnings of the way we talk about difficult political issues because these, none of these are very happy things when you think about it. I mean, it makes us giggle, it makes us laugh, but these economies are falling apart. There's world-changing pollution. You have, um, you have you know, complete marginalization of, of the queer community, of an entire continent, of um, police brutality, illegal detention, all kinds of difficult political issues. But in by, by learning to smile about it, by learning to share it with friends, we take away some of that fear. We take away some of that power that those, those experiences have over us and those transform us as individuals. And this has been the role of art and culture since the beginning of human expression. But now it's happening much faster. It's happening in many more creative ways because of the internet. And, um, and I suspect, um, because we've just been see I've just been seeing this now um, in, places, um, in you know, places like China, Uganda, Turkey, um, and United States. So we'll be seeing many more examples of this in the near future. So thank you.